Welcome to Double Vision, a reality recap podcast with Jules and Keens. Let's get into it. Hi, Keens. Hi, Jules. How are you tonight? I'm doing so good. Love the evening air. Me too. And I'm loving this wine that we're drinking. Oh, I know. We should get sponsorship so that we can discuss the wine that we enjoy during our podcast recap sessions. Absolutely. Okay. Well, wine sponsors, listen up. We're ready to start making you money by talking about your wines. Right. And how much we love it or how much people should buy it, even if we don't love it. So hit us up. Yeah. And audience, <laughs> just forget that last part. <laughs> You'll never hear us show products we don't absolutely love. Um, We're here to talk about episode six of Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Yes, this episode is entitled Naked Ambition, which gives you a little hint into what's going to happen. Yes, lots of naked plot. Um, Last episode, we had Simon arrive at the house. I said he was driving a Ferrari. I found out it's actually a Corvette. I'm so sorry. Oh, (laughs) I love that you researched that. I just thought red car. I think they mentioned Corvette in this last episode. And it's like, okay, fact check. I don't know anything about cars. Why would I try to speak with authority on this? It happens to the best of us. Yeah. Um, He charmed everybody by buying them watches. And... At, they took everybody out to dinner, and then at dinner, Jasmine sort of broke down about how she is feeling some kind of way about being the only married woman in the group. Yes, and so episode six picks up with Jasmine still discussing her struggles as a married woman and how she feels isolated from her female friendships. Yeah, so she uses language. She says, I never want to isolate myself because I need my friends so much. Then she says, I get a lot of shit from my friends and anything that I feel like I can't relate to you guys on anymore, it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. She kind of talks about isolating herself and yet it's kind of like talking about her friends giving her crap. So I didn't totally understand that. A lot of stuff she said sounded contradictory. Yeah. Also, I think the person who's isolating her from her friends is Silas. Agreed. He's not really brought up in her monologue. Right. So Jordan tries to make her feel good as the bestie that she is by saying, you know, things have shifted and it's not bad. It's just been an adjustment for all of us. I felt like in that moment she was really trying to pour into Jasmine, trying to make sure that she knew that it was okay to sort of be vulnerable, but that they were her friends and that they were there. Um, She Jordan also mentions that, you know, they've known Jordan, excuse me, they've known Jasmine differently Right. They've known her as a single girl. They've maybe known her as somebody who's dating. And to get to know her as this wife that she seems to really want to be is, I don't know, a different aspect to their friendship, maybe. Yeah. And it kind of I'm getting the sense that Jasmine as a single girl is almost a different person than Jasmine as a married lady. And Jordan kind of says like, okay, this is the first time I'm getting the sense that like the presentation of the perfect marriage isn't really what's happening. So she's kind of noting that like Jasmine has been putting a lot of effort into sort of presenting the marriage a certain way. 
Yeah. And I think that this is a theme that we've seen throughout the season where Jasmine will say and do things that seem as if she read in a book what it means to be married as opposed to just simply experiencing it, right? Learning how you want to be a wife or a partner to somebody that you care about, how to build and develop a partnership. And exactly what you said, Jordan sort of correctly identifies though I don't know that she says it to her face but she definitely no I think she said it in confessional yeah yeah definitely in the confessional she talks about how uh Jasmine is sort of sucked into this idea of what she thinks that she's supposed to be doing as a wife but top tier commentary from Bria who tells it like it is and just says yeah no she's doing that to herself yeah yeah I mean she is that's the thing is that she keeps kind of putting it on her friends a little bit but like they're really not doing anything other than responding to her saying things like you're single and you need to find a husband (laughs) nobody wants to hear yeah and I'm like I don't Jasmine did you want to hear that when you were single and weren't looking for a husband whatever nobody wants to hear that like I am married but I still feel offended when people talk about single ladies that way like that's crap come on right it's just I think it reinforces a lot of weird perspectives on what it means to like be a woman and not be attached to somebody as if there's like some sort of failing for you because you're not part of a partnership but yeah or that like a woman can't be fully experiencing her life without being in a romantic partnership. It's just like people don't put that on men in the same way, obviously. Right. Even those statistics, but let yeah. me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later on in the yeah. episode, well, actually. Yeah. Jason's going to give us some really good statistics later on. So. Right. Great stuff. <laughs> um, so speaking of Jason, apparently, and I will say the editing, I think, did the audience a bit of a disservice because we didn't get to see just how long Jason was talking yeah Jason sort of goes on for a normal amount of time about how he wants to support Jasmine and whatever she's going through and then they cut to all these people being like oh my god Jason never stops talking (laughs) (laughs) and so I would have loved to maybe if there'd been like a timer in the corner that Mm. told us exactly how long he was talking without any intervention or any interjection from anybody else so Bria finally says just spit it out and everybody just laughs it sort of breaks the ice but it kept me guessing like okay what was he saying was he being repetitive how long was he talking like bravo editors get it together yeah seriously um Bria just says spit it out and everybody laughs um, and then she raises a toast to all of them being a family. Yeah. And I thought that um, right after that, there was like this really cute aside from Preston about self-love um, where he was, they were sort of talking about what was going to happen when everybody went back to the house and Preston mentions, oh yeah, you know, I'm all about self-love. And then there was like a beat and I want to say it was Jason, but I, I don't quote me on that. Ask like, wait, what are you talking about? And then Bria and Jordan in unison say masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how many people were really like scandalized by right. that. I'm like, okay. It just, it made me laugh so hard, honestly. Yeah. Um, in the car on the ride home, Jason yes. says, 80 to 90% of women lose themselves in a marriage. <laughs> Which I love that statistic. I mean, could totally be true. I think lots of women feel that way at some point. And then Summer's like, is this something you've Googled or, or you know? 
And to me, I like, I feel like I didn't realize how much I identified with Summer until rewatching the show. But the way that she says things and somebody I want, I can't remember who it was in the car, but I think it was Jasmine like commented like Summer always comes for people without even really meaning to. Yeah. Because she was just like, it seemed like she was genuinely confused. Like, okay, but where did you, where did you get this information? Like, is, is that like a Google poll or was this like a scientific study? And it was the perfect response because it did seem a little random. It's funny. Yeah. I just love that he's like 80 to 90%. (laughs) That that makes it sound almost like more exact. (laughs) Like brother, I feel like you could say a vast majority and be like, yeah, probably true, but... 80 to 90 percent right I will say like now that we're talking about it it reminds me of back in college when I would say things like oh I think I read somewhere when I hadn't read it it was just my idea but I didn't want to attribute it to myself and then there was this girl who we lived on the same hall in college and I I said oh you know I think I read somewhere and she's like oh where 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 did you read it I was like oh a a book (laughs) and I was like this son of a and so that's how it felt like sometimes you just want to (laughs) relate to a higher maybe more informed people are saying right you know there's been a lot of talk about (laughs) word on the street Oh, man. All right. So then everybody goes to bed and... Well, not everybody. Amir and Jordan sit on the couch and Jordan's like showing him pictures of her of her house and he's like kind of stroking her shoulder and I was like, what is this moment? They're like kind of cuddling. And that's right. There was this like very sweet, intimate... And it was like a softness to intimacy like that's reminiscent for me of like the romance of like holding hands or like touching fingers when you're walking, like very sweet, very cute, very almost innocent, but clearly like an intimate moment. That yeah, I was just sort of surprised to see that from them because, you know, I feel like they've just been more strictly friends. Yeah, know, despite Amir's consistent insistence. Yeah, otherwise. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, Simon doesn't want to have sex with Bria because he's too full. And to me, that is relatable content. (laughs) I do feel like in our culture, it's just weird that dating involves eating a huge meal and like usually drinking. Mm -hmm. I just like after you've eaten a huge meal and had a lot to drink, like that's a that's not always like the most conducive to romantic feelings. Yeah. Now that you've said it, I can't unsee it. But at the time, I'm like, I don't know. I think I reacted to Bria being very okay with that. Like Mm. there was no like pressure, no anger, no frustration. She's like, oh, all right. And they just like went to bed. Surprising from her. We didn't see a big outburst there. Not what I was (laughs) expecting, but I'm like, maybe deep down she respects her man. Who knows? Um, Next morning, Jason kind of presses Jasmine a bit to talk more about her feelings. I'm getting the sense from Jason that he does not feel like everything's okay with Jasmine Mm -hmm. and he's trying to take moments where he can to be like really are you doing okay are Mm. you okay with this and um I just kind of wonder if a lot of people in her life have been having concerns for a while about her and Silas you know I wouldn't 
be surprised by that. And I think that you're picking up on something that I, it's such good insight. I didn't fully understand it other than I sort of attributed it to how long they had known each other. And it, my memory was that they maybe like lived together or something. So I, I thought, oh, well, maybe Jason is just taking on this like additional role of it's important for me to check in, even though there might not have been signals. But I, I think you're probably right that there might be talk from other people and everybody in the house seems to know Jason through Jasmine, like seems to know how close they are. So I wouldn't put it past any of them to say, Hey, when was the last time you talked to Jasmine? I'm worried about her, you know? Yeah. 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 In response to some of this, right. I think that Jason was really trying to be supportive of Jasmine being vulnerable and sharing her struggles Jasmine said something that made me side eye her where she says, I'm unclear how my friends see me as a wife. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. It's just like, why do you need them to see you as in a certain way? It's just a very odd way to me. Like she really feels like I've now become a different person and I want to make sure my friends see me, but it's like, Mm. why have you become a different person? It's odd. It's very odd. And I, you know how uncomfortable I get sometimes when we delve deeply into these relationships where we don't know them. And I'm like, I have to remind myself, they're beautiful people on TV. They're allowed to be judged. Yeah. To make assumptions. <laughs> but it's just, it's so wild. And I think part of it is my own perspective that I've always felt that the healthiest of relationships, romantic or otherwise, are rooted in feeling like you can be yourself without judgment, not that you have to become somebody else in order to be palatable to that person, right? Like, if your person doesn't accept you for who you are, then they're not your person. If you feel like you have to change everything about yourself to be more compatible with your person, that's not your person. And that's okay, but like, I just, I think I want, for Jasmine to be more like comfortable and more confident in just who she is. That's, that's a little bit more carefree instead of so invested in what she thinks she's supposed to do as Silas's wife. Yeah. As Mrs. Cooper. I think the darkest part of that is that I think Silas has a really clear idea of what she has to do to be his wife. And so a lot of it is she's responding, like he's setting out these roles and she's like, trying to meet them so as much as it seems like she's putting expectations on herself I mean I think the worst part about it is that like he's putting these expectations on her no I think you're right um I don't know and then I want to like Jasmine but then she says things I know I know she's in a bad place I really can't wait till season two I would love to hear just like see her after having watched all of this, like know where she's at. Oh yeah. I know that um, they've done lots of interviews with people who have seen themselves on TV and are sort of shocked by how they come off, how they seem, how they look. Like it helps you understand maybe what people are seeing because you have blinders on. And I'm like, I hope and I pray (laughs) and I'm not a praying person. Right. I think I really do pray that Jasmine watches the show and, does some sort of self-reflection and that we get to see a better more informed version of her on season two that's what I really hope for yeah 
So Shanice arrives at the house. Mm-hmm. The party is here. Um, she's like, whose red car is that in the driveway? <laughs> and Bria makes a joke that like she's going to try to ask whoever's D it is who owns the car, which is like, a <laughs> crazy joke. It's wild. It's so wild. I completely missed it. Actually, I have no oh, idea what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> Then Bria reveals that she and Shanice once did OnlyFans together. Yeah, lingerie stuff. Just, just lingerie, just bathing lunch. suits, nothing porny. Like, okay, I don't know what you think is happening on OnlyFans. And God bless anyone who wants to do OnlyFans. Like, I think it's a smart way to make money, to be honest. Yeah, support small businesses, <laughs> yeah. right? I think the best part about that entire exchange is that Simon knew about it and didn't want to, like, sort of reveal that on television and then Bria reveals it seemingly with the understanding that they were going to cut it out of the episode because oh, really I didn't catch that yeah she's like yeah you guys don't have to bring that yeah you guys are going to cut that right and <laughs> why all would of they this cut is, it? right all of this is recorded all her l- turning to the camera facing like the producer and saying yeah you guys can cut that out and then like getting a drink from off of the ground and I'm like <laughs> Well, there you go. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, should we take a break? Yeah, I think now is a perfect time to do that. We're back. Okay, so some major drama happens. Milo poops on the rug. <gasps> and Summer sees it, and then she just starts going around the house telling people. <laughs> <laughs> she tells Alex, then she tells Silas. Silas's response is to just call a big house meeting. So now Silas is going around to everybody being like, get downstairs for a house meeting. Right. Um, he goes to Preston. Preston's like, no, I'm not doing more meetings and he's like have you even talked to Bria about it like Silas had to walk by Bria's door to get to Preston he's just he's trying to get everyone to attend a meeting without telling Bria so they can all like censure her about her dog it's crazy it's actually crazy and Preston is the only one in the house that seems to actually call it out yeah by explicitly mentioning hey by the way you could have talk to her and maybe it could have been handled. Maybe there is another way to go about this rather than having this massive house meeting. While this conversation is happening, Alex knocks on Bria's door and says, hey, did you see that Milo pooped? And she says, what? Pooped? Where? And then she goes and cleans it up. She like runs. She cleans it up so quickly so that by the time anyone could even like get downstairs to like check to fact check this poop it is gone right there was a I think it was Summer maybe who said oh well what's there's like a stain there she's like no nothing I cleaned it all up there's nothing there and Preston's like really really (laughs) (laughs) and I think this is like another example of Silas trying to be super controlling of a situation rather than being proactive about solutions. Yeah, I'm also noticing like silence is sorry, Silas is not getting positive feedback from a lot of people in the house. Like he's people are 
either quietly just going along or being like, no, I don't want to do that. But no one's like, yeah, Silas, we love the energy you're bringing. It's weird to me that he, it's like he almost goes harder and harder, even though I feel like no one is vibing with like all the stuff he's trying to do. Yeah. And it's, I agree with you. I also think it's so bizarre to me that he seems so unaware of how much he is not creating like cohesion with the rest of the house guests. Right. Yeah. It's almost like he doesn't even see that as a goal to like act Mm. as a group or, you know, it's like, he's got to be the leader of the group. Yeah. He needs to take charge, which, which we'll get to that too. So after the very dramatic poop incident, we, then see that the women are about to have a spa day yeah they set up a little spa day in the living room it's cute um some of the ladies opt to put whole masks all over their faces others just have cute little ipads mm-hmm. um by ipads i mean pads under their eyes i feel like if i was on camera i'd probably try to go with some go a little smaller than just having like a mask all over my whole face that right. like made it hard to talk <laughs> But wasn't it Jordan that had on like the full mask and is yes, probably like and Shanice. Shanice's was like covering half of her mouth and like <laughs> crazy. Right? They have um they have those masks, they have wine, snacks, and then of course with any girls day spa oriented thing, they start talking about sex. Um <laughs> And so Shanice tells this lovely story about how she met this guy that's, quote, totally her type. I can't remember. I think she said he's six foot eight. And then she's talking about his penis. And somebody asks, oh, how did like, how do you know what it looks like? She's like, because we had sex. Like, and she said, oh, I just had sex with him. <laughs> right. Like, obviously, that's how I know. Like, how else would I find it out unless I like made it do what it do and I just thought that it was the one I thought it was so funny and so sort of personable that like she really does like I mean walk it like she talks it um, yeah totally she's like all out there for sure um she also tells Summer about her ex-boyfriend who basically like bullied her online and spread all these lies about her and then mm-hmm. she's like it's weird with Alex because he basically believed all the stuff that was online about me Mm-hmm. And the girls encourage her to clear the air with him. Mm-hmm. I also think this is the first time Summer has been like, oh, okay, Alex did something not amazing. Mm-hmm. She's got to be keeping track because she's been interested in him. Yeah, I, I saw her sort of register it. And I think that it was it's interesting because until this episode and until Shanice sort of opened up about the cyberbullying and how people were reacting to the sort of lies that her um, ex was spreading about her. I didn't fully understand why she reacted the way that she did to Alex. And then it was clear that you have that experience combined with the fact that she is a, like very much like a party. I'm not going to deal or sit in any of like resolution things. I, I'm just going to run away from it. I'm not going to address things. And it, it sort of was a recipe for disaster in some ways. And then you see like Summer, who clearly has a crush on Alex, really feeling for Shanice in that moment, I thought, which... I don't know. It kind of made me want to hug her. And I'm like, Shanice is just so likable. Like, well, now, right now, she's very, very likable. (laughs) No, she is. And you can just, yeah, you can see how she's like so charismatic and people love to party with her. And then she just goes off the rails all the time. 
And that's just her charm, I guess. Right. Zero to a hundred. Yeah. Um, so everybody gets ready. The girls go to ladies night and um, the guys go to guys night. And as the girls are getting ready for ladies night, they're in the truth booth talking about how they're going to get Jasmine drunk. Mm-hmm. And then Shanice flashes the truth booth camera. This is right. Because they the said- second time we've seen her boobs. Right. She I, I want to say they said something like, OK, um, we're going to say one, two, three titties. Right, right. And they had to redo it multiple times in order to get it right. And then once they finally did, she flashes them. Um, <laughs> one thing that I wrote down was right before this, uh, Jasmine is getting dressed in the room and Silas makes a weird comment about her dresses. So she says something along the lines of, oh, yeah, I might wear this or I might wear that. And then he's like, oh, is that the one? Is that the dress I got you? Oh, yeah. He's like, all, I, I got you all your dresses. Yeah. And I was like, that's effing weird. And it like made me raise an eyebrow. I wasn't surprised. But I was also like, why would you say that? I also don't. I find, I just don't believe in this idea that like, okay, you've set up your marriage where one person is earning the money and the other person's doing tons of housekeeping. Like, that doesn't mean now whenever everything she owns, you bought her. This mm-hmm. is communal money because she is like taking care of a lot of work. And if she wasn't there, you would have to be paying someone to do this or you'd have to do it yourself. So it's not like, like, okay, she's like your maid. And then also you buy her clothes occasionally. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. It just, it's, str- I mean, everything about their marriage, their relationship has struck me as very weird throughout the entire series, but I was I like I paused because I'm like what is going on like I don't know I was very confused and I think a lot of what you're saying is exactly on point like he seems to take this as I'm in charge of the money and you're so lucky that I buy you nice things yeah but also like where's my breakfast and clothes uh, yeah <sighs> When they're out at boys' night, Silas complains about all the things Jasmine's not doing for him. Um, For instance, that morning, she burned his sandwich, his breakfast sandwich, because it's her job to make him breakfast. And he's, like, complaining to the guys about, like, oh, we're just out of our routine, and Jasmine's been sleeping in too much, and she's not making my breakfast early enough. I'm really hungry by the time I eat breakfast. And, um... I could have made breakfast too, but that's not our routine. So he's just like, I have to just wait and be hungry until this lady wakes up and makes breakfast for me. So if she sleeps too late, she's like damaging me in some way. Right. And what I will say is I wrote down that it wasn't actually just Silas who talked about how he could have made it himself. It was one of the other guys saying, couldn't you have just made your that's own right. food? Oh, the guys are so not on board with this and it's kind of amazing. Like every guy is like looking at him sideways and just being like, what? And he doesn't pick up on it at all. Like they're not participating in this. Like let's complain about how Jasmine doesn't wait on you enough conversation. Yeah. It was so gross. And it, it, to me, it felt like it came out of nowhere. Like, this is shortly after Amir orders a margarita for two, but for one, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like a bowl. <laughs> it's the biggest margarita I've ever seen in my life. And they're clearly just trying to have a good time. And then Silas brings up all of these complaints he has over his wife. And nobody, I don't think that anybody was 
ready for or expecting that type of conversation at a boys night. And I loved that they reacted with appropriately by saying you're being foolish actually yeah like they're also friends with jasmine and they don't have like some kind of gender solidarity with silas where it's like yeah let's talk crap about women but like he seems to think that everybody does it's weird so weird the only solace i had in this entire ordeal is that we see the girls dancing and having an amazing time right like it keeps cutting back to girls night and they're just turned like they're right. drinking so much they're dancing drinking they're, yeah. and dancing and twerking and laughing and shimmying doing everything that you would anticipate for a girl's night out and it made me so happy to see that and then cut to like the men mostly Silas being miserable making offhanded comments he also says something to Jason right I think at some point the guys are able to sort of steer the conversation away from Silas and his useless complaining and ask about what Jason is trying to do as far as dating other people and Jason you know tries to describe how he wants to take things slow and you know he's a nice guy and Silas says you know well nice guys finish last yeah which is just like I, Amir actually is like, what <laughs> was the best? Oh, I loved it so much. Like the fact that all of these men are so willing to call out the bullshit makes me so happy. And so I think Jason in this moment took this opportunity to sort of elevate and have a conversation about what it means to be perceived in one way, like what masculinity means yeah, he's like, I know I'm an attractive guy. People already make assumptions about me, and I wear my heart on my sleeve. Like, he is, like, he's handsome. He talks about how people, like, you know, think it's a big deal that he has green eyes. And, like, he knows that he has the things where people are like, oh, you're good looking. And that's not, like, that's not, like, what he's trying to, like, focus on. Or, like, just, like, getting people who are also attractive or whatever. Like, hooking in girls basically yeah he brings up that he has a three-month-old baby again and how he's not like if he wanted to just f somebody then he would f somebody but that's not what he's looking for yeah he says that because silas says if you listen too much you wouldn't get any pussy literally every one of these single women has something going on if you bought into that too much you wouldn't f anybody it's like that's crazy. So like you can't, you can't listen to what these women are saying or else you'll never sleep with them. What? <laughs> it does. And this is the married man of the group, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Now, again, like nobody is on board with Silas talking about women this way. I just want to draw some contrast. Kina, I know you have not watched Vanderpump Rules. But I have not. I will say like uh, leading up to Scandaval, which, Mm -hmm. you know, VPR fans will know, it was like so many seasons of this group of guy friends just like cheating here and there and covering for each other and like helping to lie to like make each other seem like really good guys. And like the audience was constantly like blaming the women about like how they were reacting to things or whatever. And the guys always came off looking so sweet and kind of misunderstood and like, oh, they misbehave sometimes, but whatever. And, like, the way that the guys on that show collectively, like, treated the women around them was so crap. And also, Mm -hmm. like, none of those guys would ever have stood up and said, like, that's not an okay way to talk about your girlfriend or your wife. Like, much the opposite. 
And I have to say, like, on a reality show, it's so refreshing to see this. And this is just, like, another special thing about Martha's Vineyard. The cast is so good. Like, they're really good people, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in this situation. Like, these guys are really being stand-up dudes. Yeah, and this is – I think it's so interesting. And I know that we've talked before about how when we're entering this era of people on reality TV who have watched reality TV. And so there's sometimes questions about, okay, how much of your authentic self are you bringing to the show? Are you constantly trying to sort of pander to audiences? But we see that these reactions are consistent across the board, across the season, and even when alcohol is involved, right? And to me, I love that I haven't seen Vanderpump Rules. Really honest with you, but like, I mean, it's great. I'm, you know, it's absolutely fantastic. No. So. <laughs> and the only reason why I mention it is because I've never had the occasion to even see a show where the toxic masculinity aspects of things are highlighted in a way that's anything other than negative, which is what it is. And so I don't have any context, right? The only, only reality TV shows I've ever had the pleasure of watching have centered women or drag queens and neither of them are big fans of like messiness or doing wrong by somebody that you're supposed to be committed to. So I agree that it it is so nice to see a group of men who will not let another man just sort of disrespect his wife with that and get away with it. It's, it's really nice. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of disrespect, so the men receive shots from women while they're at the bar um, and you cut to Silas and his soapbox speech about, you know, if you're out and you take uh, you take a free drink from somebody that's like cheating, that's like, yeah, like you should just absolutely never accept it. That's drink. not OK. And so all the other men collectively, once the drinks get dropped off, say, whoa, 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 whoa. You're not allowed to have any of it. <laughs> Remember, you can't have yeah, it. I mean, you're like stands up and is like, uh, uh, uh. That's a married man right there. Yeah. And then <laughs> they discover that Silas went out on boys night without his wedding ring on. Yeah, they're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. Where's your wedding ring? Oh, my gosh. He's such a clown. Such a clown. Like, what did he think was going to happen if he took his ring off? He's out with guy friends, and they're all staying in the same house with his wife. Oh, my gosh. And I think that, to me, the funniest part about that is that men with a wedding ring are inherently more attractive than men without one. <laughs> For sure. Every time because <laughs> you're like, whoa, this is somebody like he probably like loves somebody and it's like romantic. And it mean, so I say all that because that's I wrote that down because that's what came into my head. I'm like, no, Silas is exactly what he needs to be, which is like unattractive and unapproachable, not somebody that anybody should waste their time on. Absolutely not. And I was really surprised that of all the guys at the table, um, the lady wanted to send drinks. Was it to him and Alex? Maybe. I think so. Amir is right there. <laughs> <laughs> Are they blind? I mean, come on. <laughs> Listen, not everybody can understand the value of a short king. Yeah, okay? totally. Um, then like, while all the men are just like looking at Silas like he's insane, he pulls out his phone and tries to check Jasmine's location to like find out what the ladies are up to. It's like, 
every move this guy makes is so dumb. So dumb. But I don't know if he discovered where she was or not. But what we do know is that cut to the girls falling in the bushes trying to take shots with them they're like oh we'll take these home (laughs) no they get so drunk that like the manager comes out and is like get out get out of my grass basically (laughs) my favorite part about this is so they're they eventually get into the parking lot where i think they're trying to get into their cars and Shanice and Bria keep falling over each other. And as soon as Bria falls on the ground, she immediately starts twerking every single time. <laughs> and so at one point she does a front flip. And I don't know why she did this, but as she lands, she then falls to the ground on her hands and then begins to twerk again. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is one of the most fun, loving, I love it, I love it. And then cut to Bria saying, I'm sorry, you guys, I got to do it. And peeing outside next to the car. Yeah. <laughs> These are the dangers of drinking too much. Ladies oh and yeah, gentlemen. absolutely. Um, yeah. Bria and Shanice like kind of get wild together. They get back to the house. They're still being crazy. Bria says like she and Shanice always like vibe with each other when they're partying and have so much fun together. Right. They are drunkenly, they drunkenly fall on the floor Mm -hmm. and then Bria again starts twerking. (laughs) And then they say, you know what? Let's go skinny dipping. Yeah. So they like girls get in the hot tub. I don't know if they're all skinny dipping or if it's, if it's just Shanice and someone else. I'm pretty sure it was just Shanice and Bria. Um, Oh, before we forget, let's not, Let's not forget about Jordan saying, see, Silas was so upset and so concerned about me. And meanwhile, I'm the only one with any sense. I'm the only one keeping it together. She was clearly the most sober of everybody. Absolutely, Yeah. She's definitely has that vibe of just like, she's not going to be the fool. She's going to take a step back and keep it together. Yeah. So but I like I like the foolishness personally. I do too. It was so entertaining. So yes, it was just Bria and Shanice decide to go skinny dipping. They get completely naked and then jump into the pool. Um, and then the men return to the house and see it in complete disarray and are confused about what's happening. And then <laughs> Okay. Tina, are you okay? <laughs> I'm okay? I'm sorry. I'm reliving every moment of this like realization because when the men walk into the house, it's sort of like it, it reminds me of like the breadcrumb situation of like, oh, what's this? What's this? And like slowly piecing together what's going on. So they like see a shoe and then like a wine glass and then a piece of paper and then a bikini top. And they're like, wait, what's happening here? (laughs) And it was so perfect. Oh, it was so perfect. So as the guys kind of like go out to the hot tub and stuff, Shanice puts her top back on. Um, Bria goes to change or something. Simon gets in the hot tub. Um, I think it's Simon, Jordan, Preston, Jason and Jasmine in the hot tub Mm -hmm. and then Shanice is like do you care if I take all my my bathing suit off and Simon says I think you should ask Bria or something like that and she's like haha and then just gets naked (laughs) which to me like 
I am not offended by nudity. I do feel like it's a little bit of a corny move. It's mm-hmm. like, I need to get naked right now. It's like, do you? Do you? Right. Like, I will say this is another um, aspect where the editing was a little bit confusing because for me, they kept cutting back and forth. And sometimes Bria and Shanice were naked. Sometimes Bria and Shanice had clothes on. Sometimes Shanice was naked. But Bria wasn't. I'm like, I don't know. This was before the guys got in the hot tub. So even after. Right. So what happened from what I saw was you see Bria and Shanice take off all their clothes, jump into the pool, and then they get into the hot club, hot club, hot club, (laughs) the club, the hot tub naked. They get into the hot term naked. <laughs> they're twerking. They're having all types of fun. And then cut to they have their bathing suits back on when the guys arrive. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Right. And so I am asking myself, okay, at what point did they get out of the hot tub or the pool, put their clothes back on, and then get back into the hot tub fully clothed only for Shanice to then take her all her clothes off again? I think Shanice just put her bathing suit back on but stayed in the hot tub the whole time. And I think mm. Bria was going to change. Maybe maybe she was the one with clothes on and she was going to change into a bathing suit or something. Yeah, or maybe she was – yeah, I don't know. She went upstairs to her room to do yes, something. We know that – what we know for certain <laughs> is that Bria left the scene that Shanice – decided in that moment with Bria's boyfriend present, but Bria not present that she wanted to get naked. And that she is, I mean, I I don't think it's weird. I I agree. I mean, I don't know if she was, if there was any like seductive, like intent behind it. I just don't really know. It's like, you're already in your bathing suit. You don't need to get naked. I don't understand people being like, I just wish I was naked right now. Yeah. I think I might have understood it a little bit better if she was fully clothed and then was like trying to take off her clothes to get into the pool. No, that was was definitely not what happened. Not what happened at all. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, So Bria comes out. She's in such a good mood, but then she sees this. She's so mad and Mm. confessional. She's just like, um, basically like she's like Shanice is out here with her vagina and all these fake ass people are letting her do it yeah and then in to Shanice she yells like you got naked in front of my man y'all are fake and then she storms <laughs> off and Simon's so confused right and he's trying and I honestly I can't remember the series of events but I know that after this semi-verbal altercation Shanice is looking around confused weirdly because you are in fact naked in front of her boyfriend that Bria is cussing Simon out about how disrespectful that is he is consistently agreeing with everything she has he's to like say. you're right I'm sorry you're right I'm sorry right <laughs> and then randomly Bria starts making a steak in the kitchen so she yells at Simon she says you need to go upstairs and if you go outside I'm gonna kick you out basically so she sends him to the room he's like all right <laughs> 10 out of 10 for that yeah. accent by the way that was perfect <laughs> um summer is talking to bria and she's clearly team bria she like she's like bria's like she took off all her clothes in the hot tub and summer's like of course she did yeah. i think this is a thing shanice does quite often and this is maybe part of what you have to deal with when you're friends with shanice yeah i mean it's it was 
Yes. Like, I think that Shanice has been herself since the moment she walked into the house, which is I'm here for a good time, not necessarily a long time. I get two days. I'm only here for the weekend, like full throttle moving forward. And I think that what also complicates matters is the fact that Bria and Shanice were both naked for a very long time, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then when Shanice got naked again, Bria was like shocked. Like, how could you take off all your clothes? It is a little bit different when you're in front of other, I don't know, people who are different genders. I don't know. I just feel, I I, I do feel like she wants the attention from them and that's why she's doing it. I don't think it's Mm. like, I just feel like being naked and like, who cares who's around? Like, I think the audience is important to her. You know, you're probably right. And I'm not not team Bria. I think it was just a really, I... The irony is that the same way that Shanice goes from zero to a hundred, Bria also goes from zero to a hundred. Absolutely. Because she seemed to be having a wonderful night and then her, like it flipped immediately. And I I don't disagree. Right. If my, you know, seemingly best friend, if I walked outside and I see like my partner in a hot tub and then my supposed best friend completely naked also in that hot tub. No. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd feel, like, jealous. It's just, like, a it's just kind of a heightened situation. You're kind of pushing some boundaries. It's a weird situation to put people in. Yeah, and I don't even know that Bria was necessarily jealous. I felt mm-hmm. like she felt more betrayal and yeah, anger than totally. anything else, right? Like, it wasn't this whole situation of, why are you looking at her? It was, why did you allow yourself to be in this situation where she's naked in front of you? Mm-hmm. Right. Like there wasn't even, a, it was almost like there wasn't even a question in Bria's mind that she was like lusting after her. Cause he's like, well, obviously you have me like you're not yeah. lusting, but how <laughs> dare you sit there in the hot tub with her naked vagina? I know. I was also wondering about the cultural context. Cause I do feel like nudity in Europe is a little different and like be people are nude on beaches I don't know about Germany. I feel like that's definitely true in the Mediterranean. Yeah. But I just kind of wonder if he's like, oh, okay. Like maybe just not seeing it with the same like importance. Maybe. But he did when given the opportunity, like, cause even Shanice is like, do you care if I get naked? He immediately brought up Bria because uh-huh. he knew better. Like he knew that even if it wasn't a big deal to him, that it was definitely going to be a big deal to Bria. Totally. Yeah. And I do love that he never strays from being like, you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, my favorite moment of the night is Bria's now standing at the counter shoving steak into her mouth. Oh and gosh. Jordan's like talking about how like, why is anybody even trying to argue with Bria? She's like, I have enough sense that I'm not going to argue with a drunk woman making steak in the middle <laughs> of the night. <laughs> so true. So true. Oh, man. Sadly, though, the night ends with Silas and Jasmine. Silas talking in great detail about everything that happened. And orig- initially, Jasmine's like, hey, I'm going to tell you something. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't care. But he's like, I got to tell you I accepted a drink. And then she's like, you're OK for that. We have to have sex in the closet. Right. <laughs> Which I don't know if that's like a punishment. I don't know what that is. Honestly, I I will say I don't know what that is either. But it feels like something that I would do because I like it's sort of like sex in the shower, right? Where there's somebody, usually the shorter person, i.e. oftentimes the woman and a man-woman heterosexual relationship. 
that gets the warm water while the other person is like in the back yeah. cold and uncomfortable. <laughs> and so I perceive that as like, this is something that Jasmine loves to do because she can like fit in to a closet very comfortably. <laughs> but meanwhile, like Silas is getting like hit in the face with coats <laughs> and worried about hangers or something like that. Oh like, my God. So I, I, uh, it was very relatable to me because I'm like, that seems like something I would definitely do. Like, oh, you did what? Oh, well, you know what we have to do now. Yeah. <laughs> have sex in a closet. Yeah. Um, and now everyone's hearing it. Amir has to like go sleep in the spare bed in Shanice's room to get away from the noise. Oh my gosh. And it's disgusting. And I think that this is the perfect time to take a break. Absolutely. So after the naked night, yes, <laughs> the next morning, Bria wakes up and she proclaims that she felt like the night was a blur, but she knows she's mad at Shanice. Yeah, she, that part is crystal clear to her. Right. And she decides, she kind of goes on a campaign. She just starts going around to everyone in the house. And there's like a timestamp on it. Like she basically spends an hour going and talking to everybody in the house. Yes. about how Shanice did this, Shanice did that. And we the way it's edited, it seems like everybody's just politely listening and like not going in on Shanice with her. And she's basically not getting the response that she wants. Right. Preston is the only one that's calling her out. What, is he, what did he say? Oh, I was hoping that you quoted this. That's <laughs> all I wrote down was that he calls her out. So he says something like, okay, but everybody was naked. Like that's your girl. Like yeah. you guys were both out there like why are you mad about this you know that she didn't mean it that way and right oh yeah he's like basically hey it's Shanice you know her like that's not you know that wasn't really her intention right it just seems like this is just kind of like Shanice's bullshit and everyone puts up with it at some point right and then meanwhile like campaign is perfect because she goes to literally every single person in the house and then she decides because she's not getting the support that she needs that she's gonna call her mother yes and her mom is like oh Shanice is your friend yeah you know that Shanice isn't doing all that like she wasn't you know it wasn't on no like seduction or something she says where I'm just like Bria your mom did the equivalent of like girl calm down it's not even that serious and I'm like if your mother is saying that about a situation that probably means something yeah um I'm and I bet most of the time Bria's mom is like fully on her side and it just it's not happening for Bria today no today's not her day yeah so so they oh wait no this is it wasn't Bria it was Shanice so but there's a tennis outing yeah people play tennis stop it that's all you took <laughs> that's right i we, don't track sports we are activity oh my goodness so to clarify so shanice alex jordan and amir all go to a tennis outing and what's really funny is that shanice and jordan are both former athletes so shanice played d1 basketball um she's been a huge sort of Sports has been a big part of her life for her entire life since she was a kid. And then we have Jordan, who was an equestrian, who did other 
things that I never heard of, but are apparently sports. They were all also. kind of fancy things. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay, Jordan, you were kind of rich, which is okay. I still like you. Um, meanwhile, Alex and Amir are there. Uh, they have no <laughs> credentials to bring. They're just like guys who work out a lot. So they're probably okay at tennis. Right. And rather than allowing the actual athlete women to play their sport, Alex requests uh, that they do more sexual noises. So cheesy. Right. I'm like, oh, dude, this is not your episode. Mm-mm. Oh, man. But I think to a certain extent, the women comply. But my major takeaway for this entire experience is that Shanice then brings up oh I think Brie is mad at me but I don't know why <laughs> I, it's like, I feel like Brie had really told you why right I think it <laughs> might have something to do with Simon I'm just like I'm so confused I don't get it like I'm just having a good time oh my god right and in response in order to make Alex or make her feel better Alex brings up well you know Brie is a, a Gemini so those are the Trumps the Kanye's the Tupac's, right? They have a lot to say and they feel a lot. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> of course, Tupac and Trump, I see the connection. Right? It's so bizarre. And I'm also like, wait a minute. Is Alex not understanding that Shanice is technically in the wrong here? <laughs> okay. Or just the like, Bria was very clear about what made her mad and like she told every she also went around that morning and told them all again (laughs) I don't know that she spoke to Shanice but she definitely talked to Amir Jordan Alex Summer (laughs) Jasmine Preston maybe even Silas like they knew why she was mad and they just were in that moment decided to gaslight her instead of understanding why she would be upset absolutely um so the other people in the group are planning a rosé brunch, but Bria doesn't want to go. Yeah. She decides that for her own mental health, she just can't be part of that. She's not going to participate in this. She needs to just be alone. She needs some space away from Shanice to like think things through and to figure it all out. Yeah. Um, they have to move a table cause they're doing it outdoors and Silas is just bossing Jason around about how to lift the table and how to maneuver the table. It's so weird. And I feel like Jason's very clear. He's like, what's bothering me is the way that you're micromanaging every single thing I do. Unnecessarily so. Yeah. Yeah. And in response, Silas says, well, listen, as a platoon leader, right? Oh <laughs> I'm sorry. God. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. I'm not even going to be able to get through this. As a platoon leader, it's the nature of how I explain things, right? It's important because if I don't communicate in a very specific way, people can die. Right. And we have to say everything out loud, even if everybody already understands it. So that's why I have to do that with you at the summer house while we're moving a table. Right. Please. He's also army reserve. I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, like obviously still like an important thing. And he's, you know, no disrespect to army reservists, but it's not like he's just like a career military guy who just spent like 12 years on an army base and is now trying to integrate into civilian life. Like, come on. Yeah. And like, didn't we get in the backstory that he joined as part of like 
the pandemic or something like that. I, yeah, I think it's a very recent development. And he was gone for six months training, but like it's been quite some time. I think he can uh, he knows how to talk to people not in like a platoon context. Yeah, and I mean, if if listen, I grew up in a military household, so I feel fairly confident, even though it's still technically wild conjecture saying that if you're away for six months training, that means that you've just enlisted and you have your initial enlisted training after the six months, it's then two weeks a year, like one week in a month or something like that. So this is very new, right? They got married during the time that he was in training and basic training is it's, it's, between six weeks and six months, depending on what branch of the military you're in, training. And I think he did six months and then while they were engaged. And then when he came back, they got married. So it was a while ago that he was gone for six months. But they've only been, they're newlyweds. They've only been married for what, two years? Right. But so I'm just saying like it was maybe like two years ago they did the six months of training. I also Uh, don't even even think it's two years. I think it's like six months to a year. Which... All of that to say, this is not a career military no, veteran. This is BS, basically. He wasn't in Saudi Arabia. He wasn't in Iraq, okay? Um, not, I mean, whatever. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> I come from an entire line of military families. You can check my credentials if you need to. I feel comfortable saying all those things, but Silas is being foolish. Absolutely. Right? And then at some point after everything resolves, he finds a way to blame Jasmine. Yeah, they're back in their room and he's just like, oh, I didn't, I feel like you were letting people say I was acting controlling and you didn't say anything. So it's like, it's as if like you're okay with people saying bad stuff about me. Yeah, you had me out here looking crazy. That was so wild that he's like, it's your fault that people are mad at me, Jasmine. Oh my goodness. Like Silas, get it together. Yeah. Um, now Jasmine starts getting dressed for the event. He's like, oh, well, don't wear what you usually wear. That looks so tired. And if you do wear something, you should probably wear heels with that. Or if you do wear that, you should wear flats. Like just trying to tell her what to wear. Very weird. I truly can't imagine a man telling me what to wear. Right. Especially telling me not to wear heels. Like, screw you, buddy. I'm going to do whatever (laughs) I want. Right. Yeah, and also he's like his way his way of being like the way you've been dressing isn't good. You need to like do something else. So gross. It was really really weird. And I think what made it even weirder for me is that you see Jasmine running around trying to put and piece together a bunch of different outfits while Silas is physically literally sitting in a corner talking shit. Yeah. Like not helping in any way, right? Not helping physically, not helping emotionally, not helping mentally doing nothing but making things more difficult and props to Jasmine for saying yeah no I'm wearing heels it goes with the outfit and yeah. I'm gonna do it and Silas still convinced like that he's right oh yeah well let's see how that goes on the grass because I told you that that's a bad what does idea he know? what does he know has he I, ever walked in heels like listen, she knows what she can do he's a platoon leader oh and so <laughs> Um, so this brunch, this rosé brunch seems to be happening at like 5 p.m. as far as I can tell. Like where there's late afternoon light, but I guess it's still technically a brunch. I don't know. So I wrote down that it was a pastel rosé day. 
So I think maybe it wasn't technically brunch, but it's because rosé is for brunch. Like, yeah, that's the best time to drink rosé is when the sun is out. Mm. And I mean, listen, they're off their routine. Jasmine woke up late. They weren't (laughs) able to do it. Right. It's all Jasmine's fault. Of course. So they're kind of setting up and Alex is outside. Alex and Jordan, Amir and Nick, I think, are all outside. Mm -hmm. And Alex just looks at Jordan and says she's looking thick. Yeah. And she's like, what? Yeah. Mouth drops open. She looks shocked, but shocked in the way that it's like you want to laugh, but you're like, I don't think that this is funny. I don't know how to react to this. Why would you say that type situation? She's like, are you complimenting me or objectifying me? And he's like, I'm like, what? Comjectifying you or something is like not cute. Something weird. And I, I mean, I will say, and it's not to defend or to cape Alex in any way, but I have always perceived of that comment, like, oh, you looking thick as like, just like a flirty compliment. I've never thought of it in the way that Jordan took it. But I also think that Jordan's perspective on it is so valid because nothing about her demeanor or their interaction suggested that she needed, wanted, or would be receptive to that type of comment from Alex. Right. It's just like, yeah, I mean, I I know. I feel like thick is going to mean different things to different people, but like she doesn't she just wasn't asking for comments on her body. I would say when in doubt, do not comment on someone's body. Yeah, keep that to yourself. Yeah. Um and then he says, "I didn't mean to offend you. I'm just being honest." Ugh, Alex. Oh my god, Alex. Um then he tells her that she was sort of he just feels like she was kind of assigned to Amir when they got to the house and he tells her about when Amir said like I really I like I like Jordan so like kind of he kind of tried to like put dibs on Jordan yeah Alex is just telling Jordan he's kind of tattling on Amir um and he says that was a disservice to the house that like Amir assigned himself to you or whatever like Jordan is not loving this at all. She's just like, wait, what? There were these conversations. Like, what are you talking about? Also, it's a disservice to the house. Like, Alex, I thought he liked Summer. What is he doing? This is so funny because I did not receive that entire situation the way that you did. But now that I'm hearing you say back word for word what happened, I'm questioning my own, the validity of my own perspective. You were once again glamored by Alex's height. Twirls hair in my finger. Um, yeah, I. So I received that conversation as a discussion between both of them about how Alex felt like she was quote unquote claimed, and that because of it, he didn't feel as comfortable getting to know her, and how he wished that they that Jordan and Amir hadn't immediately sort of gotten together as. Uh, like coupled off and I thought that Jordan's reaction was like what the hell are you talking about we're not coupled off we're not coupled off nobody talked to me about that and also like that's not a good excuse for you to not have been open or like fun or wanting to get to know me until this moment like that's sort of on you and he was then saying, no, yeah, you're right. I, I think that I just was in my head about the situation. And I, I should have just been, 
you know, more open. It, it, I, I did myself a disservice. But listen, I'm going to be completely honest. Everything I said, I'm pretty sure is falsified and that what Jewel said is the right <laughs> description of what actually happened. Because I, I, cause I'm like, wait a minute. Did well, he, he did that? kind of say, like, that's why I didn't, like, put moves on you. He's like, well, now I won't worry about it. And she's like, okay, what does that mean? What are you going to do? Like, she's clearly not receptive to this. No. And he this, needs to stop. I will say this is sort of a callback because earlier in the episode, we did see Jasmine and Amir, like, there was an editing situation where Amir's like, yeah, I think that things are really progressing. And then cut to Jasmine saying, yeah, I think he knows that I'm not interested in him in that way. And then cut back to Amir. It's like, yeah, I'm hoping that we can take it to the next level. And then cut back to Jordan saying, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that he knows that we're just friends. Right, right, right. So, yeah, there is some kind of misunderstanding there between them. Yeah. I like that Jordan feels that she's been very clear. And Amir's like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but I just, I did not like the way that Alex moved in this situation. Mm-hmm. I feel like he said something really out of pocket and then was trying to cover for himself as like, it's actually Amir's the one who you should be mad at. No, I agree. I think that he was definitely making excuses for his behavior and it was uncalled for to bring Amir into the situation because Alex is responsible for Alex's actions. Alex is responsible for what Alex says, nobody else. And he didn't, he didn't do the right thing here. I agree. Okay, so they're all kind of sitting down for their rosé pastel brunch lunch dinner. <laughs> and Shanice stays in the house. She's like, oh, I'm going to, I'll be right there. I'm going to take a shower. But she gets some rosé from downstairs and a glass. And then she takes off her shirt and steps out onto the balcony topless. And she's like, wait for me, you guys. <laughs> And that's how the episode ends. Yeah, we kind of see that Jasmine and Talos are offended. Other people are kind of laughing or rolling their eyes. I'm sure there will be fallout. She's lucky Bria wasn't there. So lucky. (laughs) Although, ironically, Simon was there and Bria again wasn't. It's crazy. I bet Bria was like, I need to be alone. So you have to go to the rosé lunch without me. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens at the uh, next time as everybody deals with this crazy moment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who was your queen this episode? My queen this episode was definitely Jordan. I think that Jordan held herself to the highest standards throughout the episode. She was unwilling to take crap from anybody. She asserted who she was and what she wanted every step of the way. And she got an opportunity to be witty and funny and to call out the other women for being drunken, crazy people while she, the quote unquote party girl model slash DJ was the responsible one in the group and I loved it I think Jordan really shined in this episode yeah I agree and um I really just like how she unwaveringly like won't take crap from people especially when it's about like sexualizing her or talking about her looks or her body in a certain way Mm -hmm. like she's really consistently clapping back on that stuff and I think it's great to see yeah so then who is your king of the episode 
I think my king is Jason. Mm. I really liked how he was sticking up for himself to Silas. He's very firm. He's not trying to prove anything about being super masculine or anything. Because, like, honestly, he doesn't read as, like, hyper-masculine. He's, like, very soft-spoken and gentle, but he's really comfortable in his masculinity that Mm -hmm. way. Um, I also felt like he was, like, offering support to Jasmine, trying to be a good friend to her, and just ultimately, like, being a good guy in the house. And so he's my king, my sweet king, Mm -hmm. my supportive king. (laughs) For me, I agree with what you're saying. I would actually say that Preston is my king of the episode, in part because I think that we saw a bit less of Preston this episode than we normally do. But every time we saw him, he was calling someone out. Yeah. Right. And he was the only one that wasn't taking the path of least resistance. Right. When it came to Silas, when it came to Shanice, when it came to Bria, he was willing to sort of say the quiet thing out loud. And I really respect somebody that can speak up even when it's maybe not the easiest thing to do. Absolutely. And he's really good at speaking up. Like he always he kind of puts it just right. Right. It's that lawyer in him. I oh, bet. yeah. Mm. Preston's the coolest. Um, OK, who's your joker? Oh, gee. Silas. he's the worst like he continues i mean he he just has like every single thing he did in this episode was just stupider than the last right it got worse and worse and worse and i didn't know that it could until it did yeah (laughs) and then i'm like okay this has got to be the worst that it can get and then you see him continue to sort of verbally berate his wife i'm like okay man like just it's crazy that he's doing this on camera too like he really thinks he's coming off a different way than he is and i can't imagine what like positive image he has of himself doing this behavior it's crazy to me i can't either i mean sometimes i think about right there was this uh thing on social media about alpha males and the joke being that well yeah alpha means that you're the first iteration and you have (laughs) like a lot to improve upon and so the beta male is miles ahead of the alpha male because none of the things are 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 sort of worked out and so i perceive of uh silas is pretty much like an alpha male incarnate right yeah he sees him I bet that he looks back on this and he's like yeah I stood firm I had beliefs and you know I might have some unpopular opinions but that's what's going to work for me and my family like okay buddy yeah sure. whatever, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I mean he's my joker too I feel like Alex also would have would have been the joker but he was really out jokered by Silas oh, yeah. it's hard to compete in this so world close. yeah oh man and Alex do better please I'm rooting I know for you. come on Alex we're rooting for you we're all rooting for you yeah um well I guess that brings us to the end yeah I, I can't I can't wait to see what happens at the rosé pastel meal. Me either. Um, But I guess we'll have to wait until our next installment of Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Double Vision. Mm, Bye. Double Vision is created by Jules and Keens. Starring Jules and Keens. Produced and edited by Juliana Trungali-Golden.